Welcome to Rethink, the podcast that empowers you to challenge your existing beliefs and embrace new, more productive ways of thinking. Here at Rethink, we believe that the key to self-fulfillment lies in shattering old thought patterns and adopting new mindsets that support personal growth and empowerment. With expert guests and thought leaders from a wide range of fields, we explore strategies and insights that can help you achieve success and fulfillment in all areas of your life. From relationships to career, business ownership, and health, you are the source of your own success. We're just here to help you tap into your true potential and create a brighter future. So join us on the journey of personal growth and empowerment, and let's rethink what's possible for our lives. Hey guys, this week on Things You Should Know, we're going to be talking about why cornflakes were created. Hang around. Here at Things You Should Know Podcast, our focus varies from commonly asked questions like, what are the top email apps for iPhone users? Or how much does it cost to go to Disney World anyway? To the trending topics of the day, such as, are taxes going up or down? And who's Elon Musk? We shed light on things you probably have always wondered about, but you never got around to investigating them yourself. This podcast brings you the answers to your most commonly asked questions and makes you smarter just by listening. Information empowers, and the more information you have, the better decisions you can make, and ultimately, your quality of life is based on the decisions you make. So, thanks for joining the discussion, and make sure that you subscribe today and not miss out on any future episodes of Things You Should Know. to the show. My name is Kelly and you have looked upon things you should know. The show that makes you smarter just by listening. Call to action is always the same. Please like, share, comment and subscribe. Please make sure that you subscribe. And if you do like the show, please leave us a nice review. Let's get going. You would be surprised or maybe not at what I found out when I Googled top searches uh, for, uh, you know, a certain period. One of the ways that I do research for the show is I like to know what people are interested in. And Google makes that relatively easy uh, because they keep track of what people are searching for. So they have a top list of what's, why's, how's and when's and these sorts of things. And right now, if you were to uh, take a look at the uh, the numbers, the schematics say for the whys, most questions, most asked questions for why, rank number one with a whopping average of 550,000 searches. The why is why were cornflakes invented? Why were cornflakes invented? Now. This piqued my interest when I first saw this, because as a kid, I used to eat cornflakes and um, probably like every other kid didn't like it. Uh, We piled uh, tons of sugar on it to make them more like um, 
Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, and then we ate them. You had to eat them very quickly because they would get soggy very, very quickly. Now, little did I know uh, the bizarre uh, turn of events that were uh, before me in terms of finding out uh, what some of the myths, what some of the folklore on the Internet is suggesting about why cornflakes were invented. So we're going to break this down into three parts. I'm going to tell you what the Internet is saying. Okay. And then I'm going to tell you the second part of what the Internet is saying, which I think is more true. And then at the very end, I'm going to just give you some history so you can make up, you know, your mind for yourself. And once I tell you this, you're going to say, oh, that's interesting. So cornflakes were developed by a gentleman named John Harvey Kellogg. John Harvey Kellogg, he was an American doctor, a nutritionist, an inventor, a health advocate. But Mr. Kellogg was not high on sex. Uh, he was quite stern, quite a religious man. Uh, I researched quite a bit on this and his uh Firm indication across the board, unless everybody's writing the same thing, and I don't think they are. Uh, he abstained from sex to the point where it is suggested that he did not even consummate his own marriage. And he thought uh, he didn't think a lot of sex and sexual activity. He thought it brought a person down. Um, he dedicated a large part of his life uh, to promoting uh um, uh, health benefits and health practices for the body, genetic makeup of human races, excluding people who he thought were inferior. So Mr. Kellogg was somewhat of a racist as well. Uh, he discouraged, he discouraged the mixing of races and he was in favor of sterilizing people with mental handicaps. Awesome guy. Awesome, awesome guy. And if you don't smell that, uh, that is sarcasm. All right. So what, what's the real deal? Like, why were these cornflakes really uh, created? So we did some fact checking and one of the websites we used was uh, Snoops, along with a few others, just to kind of see the, some consistency here. Uh, Snoops explains that the part I'm going to tell you in a few minutes about the Internet myth or the Internet folklore is mostly false. And the reason it's mostly false, uh, if you don't know that uh, the greatest lies and the greatest myths and folklore and these sorts of legends uh, tend to have some truth, you know, intermingled. That's what makes them so intriguing because part of it is reasonable and part of it is likely true. It is just the overshadowing and, uh, you know, the the surrounding, the peripheral uh, is always um, really, really muddy. Well, according to Snoops, um, the available evidence, cornflakes were primarily created as an easy to digest, uh, prepared and healthy breakfast food. In particular, for patients at the Kellogg Sanitarium in Michigan, which is where Kellogg's brother worked. I'm going to give you a little bit more detail about that when I go over the history. So, in other words, they just wanted to create some sort of bland breakfast foods, not going to excite the patients, not a lot of sugar and these sorts of things. According to Howard Markell, is a professor for history of medicine at the University of Michigan and the author of a book on the Kellogg family. 
the initial idea for the invention of uh, Kellogg's cornflakes came from the need to simply create a breakfast food which could counter indigestion. I guess some of the patients were having problems, uh, of course, with medication and in the foods, and, and they were having uh, indigestion issues. Uh, indigestion was common also. It was a common health complaint in the latter uh, 19th century, which is when this took place, around 1895. Um, so Kellogg's bland, grand-based health food uh, was easy to digest, and it also was easy to prepare. And from a business side, it was cheap. It was cheap. As a matter of fact, uh, they discovered it by mistake, by mistake. Now, what is the myth? What is the reason why uh, Google is being asked to the tune of 550,000 requests a month of why that, you know, does these cornflakes were created? Well, here, here's why. Kellogg has this predominantly backstory of being uh, really religious and anti-sex to the point he didn't possibly consummate his own marriage. And one of the reasons, the main reasons why uh, the Internet says that Kellogg created this uh, serial was he wanted to have something to um he wanted to create a uh, cereal or a food that would encourage people, hold on to your hats, people, that would encourage people to stop masturbating. Yes, masturbating. Your cereal, he wanted it to help you to stop masturbating. The rumor explains that Kellogg thought that sex was harmful to people's physical uh, uh, health. <laughs> He thought it was harmful to their emotional and spiritual well-being. Uh, he was personally, uh, he personally abstained, like I said, from sex. All of their children were adopted, uh, by the way. Uh, Kellogg said that masturbate, uh, masturbation could lead to mood swings, stiff joints, acne, uh, epilepsy. And his solution, uh, his remedy was to follow a strict diet uh, in terms of your health. And he thought that foods with certain flavors or seasoning actually increase sex drive. And I've heard this before. I don't think there's a lot of science behind it. I think there's a un poco, like it's a, a little bit of sex, a little bit of science behind, uh, you know, chocolate being an aphrodisiac. And, you know, if you mix cayenne with anything, for the most part, it's going to increase your blood pressure. But that's what cayenne does. So this guy thinks that. Uh, foods with certain flavors and seasoning actually increase your sex drive. And they do, but not the way that he's thinking. He believed that plain foods like cereals and nuts could help decrease it. Well, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I'm a um, vegan and uh, I have a pretty healthy self, uh, sex drive. Now, I don't eat plain food. I have lots of you know, robust spice and delicious food. I mean, they're, they're vegetables and nuts and, and grains and things like that. Uh, but it actually does the opposite. It, 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 if you don't have all of that junk in your bloodstream and your cholesterol is not sky high and your blood pressure is not sky high, your blood can actually flow the way it is supposed to. And I'm talking about men and erectile issues, of course. So according to the Internet, 
Kellogg supposedly developed these cornflakes as a healthy anti-masturbatory breakfast cereal. And I bet you never even knew that was a thing because I didn't either. So I said, that seems really weird, right? That seems really, really weird, which is why I, I thought I'd bring it to your attention. And I did a little sussing it out here. According to Wikipedia is the backstory. All right. So we're going to give Wikipedia a little more credit than probably they deserve. But here's the backstory. So cornflakes, as you know, is a breakfast cereal. It's basically toasted corn, mace, what the Mexicans or what the Latins call mace. Uh, the cereal originally made with wheat was created by Mr. Kellogg. His name is William because he has a brother named John. The cereal was made in 1894. Uh, for his brother, John. And as I indicated before, John uh, worked at a bat at the Battle Creek Sanatorium where he was a superintendent. So he's thinking this breakfast cereal could promote and provide a popular alternative for the patients and help decrease this indigestion issue and provide a sugarless substitute uh, there within the uh, confines of sanatorium. Okay. Well, uh, William Kellogg wanted a sugar to increase the popularity of this because people didn't like it. It was bland. You've eaten it. You know, it's bland. So just jumping back a little, I think Wikipedia may have made a uh, an error here because according to all the articles I've written, John Kellogg was the one who created this. And it's got the brothers flipped around and saying William Kellogg uh, created in 1894 for his brother, John, who was a superintendent. I don't know who was who now at this point, because it looks a little screwy. One of these Kellogg's brothers uh, created it for the other. And the time frame, I think, is consistent. I've seen 1895. This is 1894. So we're going to go with the 1890s. Um, so the breakfast cereal proved to be a less less popular with the patients because it was bland. Uh, so the Kellogg brother that works at the sanitarium wants to add sugar, which pissed John off because John's whole deal was he wanted to create something bland without the sugar because he's afraid of people getting all sexed up, evidently. Um, and let's just trying to stick to the facts. I, I think it probably was more with the indigestion, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I don't hesitate to say that, uh, you know, s- some folks get really. Um, it wouldn't surprise me from a religious standpoint what anyone does, quite honestly, because they feel very empowered if they feel like God has told them to do something. And uh, I'm not suggesting that uh, Kellogg didn't create this cereal as an anti-masturbatory uh, type of supplement. It just sounds so crazy, even for the 19th century. Uh, I, I want to believe that this was created for the purposes of helping patients who are already heavily medicated, perhaps, and possibly having issues um to do with indigestion. Now, perhaps one of the side effects could be that it did promote less activity and stimulation, which, as I indicated before, uh, some spices, uh, some foods do create uh, stimulation within the body. Cayenne, for example, is what I gave earlier, uh, will increase your um, your heart rate and, and, and your blood because it's a, it's a spice. So William Kellogg started his own company. His brother didn't approve of him putting the sugar on the flakes. So he started his own company. It's called the Kellogg Company to produce cornflakes for a wider public. Uh, a patent was uh, granted in 1896 after a legal battle between the two brothers. 
Now, with the cornflakes becoming popular in a wider community, a previous patent at the sanitarium, C.W. Post, I bet you've heard of that, Post Cereal, started to make rival products. Kellogg continued to experiment and various ingredients were added in different grains, etc. And in 1928, he started to manufacture what's now called Rice Krispies. It was another successful breakfast cereal. Now, there were a number of generic brands of cornflakes that were produced by a number of different manufacturers after all this kind of came to foot. Um, the crushed flakes uh, can be a substitute for breadcrumbs and recipes. There were a number of uses for this particular uh, flake, for this cornflake. Now, the idea for cornflakes began by accident. This is what I was telling you earlier. Uh, the two brothers were at the sanitarium. Uh, something took their attention. They left some of the wheat uh, that they were preparing for their uh, patients cooking. Uh, they left it unattended uh, to uh, what the article says to deal with some pressing matters at the sanatorium. And then when they returned, they found that the wheat had gone stale. It had become very stale. But <laughs> you're going to love this. Uh, because they had a strict budget and they didn't want the food to go to waste, they decided to continue to process it and forcing it through the rollers. And what they found out, they were hoping to get a long sheet of dough, but to their surprise, what they began to get were flakes, uh, which, of course, they toasted and fed, you know, to the patients. Now, this happened in 1894, and immediately a patent for the flaked Cereals and process of preparing same was filed. That's what it was called. Flaked cereals and process of preparing same was filed on May 31, 1895, and it was issued on April the 14th, I'm sorry, 1896. So it took about a year to grant that patent. Uh, a couple interesting things about the flakes, the uh, corn flakes or the flakes of grain. Uh, there were newspaper advertisements uh, to advertise Kellogg's toasted cornflakes in the 1900s, uh, early uh, 20th century, around 1919. The flakes of grain, uh, which the Kellogg brothers call granose, G-R-A-N-O-S-E, they were very popular among the patients. These brothers then experimented with other flakes and grains, as we talked about. And in 1906, Keith Kellogg, who served as the business manager of the sanatorium, decided to try to mass market the food. Now, at the same time, Battle Creek Toasted Corn Flake Company, which is, sounds to me like a, a break off of the sanatorium, had added sugar to their flakes to make it more palatable for a wider audience. But this caused a rift among the two brothers. So you got one brother that liked the cornflakes the way they were, and another brother says, hey, this would be much better if we added sugar. So they're pissed off at each other. Now, in 1907, the uh, uh, company ran an ad. This is very Interesting. Uh, ran an ad campaign which offered a free box of cereal to any woman who winked at her grocer. Let me tell you that again. In 1907, uh, the company ran an ad, uh, an ad campaign which offered a free box of cereal to any woman who winked at her grocer. This was to increase the sales. In 1909, uh, this was a special offer. This was to gain popularity for uh, the the, uh, the cornflakes. Um, at the same time, Kellogg began experimenting with new grains. I told you before that he came up with a new cereal. It's basically what we call Rice Krispies today. And these first went on sale in 1928. 
So if you are a Rice Krispies treat type of person, uh, there's some history there, how your Rice Krispies came to be. Uh, now, there's been many mascots for Kellogg's Corn Flakes over the years. The most popular one is a green rooster named Cornelius Corny Rooster. Uh, I've never even seen Cornelius, uh, which had been the mascot since its debut. Uh, you know what? I actually, I have. It's just a, it's just a little rooster that sits on top of the sea, I think, on when it says cornflakes. I haven't actually purchased cornflakes in years, so uh, that didn't really ring a bell. Obviously, what rings a bell to us uh, for the Frosted Flakes is, is uh, Tony the Tiger. So anyway, um, that's why cornflakes were created so i've i've given you the internet myth or the folk folklore and i've given you what i think to be the um more reasonable truth uh there's uh some uh statistics if you will that support uh, the idea of um you know folks having issues with indigestion in that era and i would like to think um, although I could possibly be wrong, I would like to think that a person as um, religious as he was uh, would still uh, <laughs> not be creating a cereal for uh, the purposes of keeping people uh, from masturbating. But who knows? Uh, so when you go and you search why on Google cornflakes were created, don't be surprised to see uh, Mr. Kellogg's name pop up. And to hear about him, how anti-sex he was, and the fact that he wanted to share that same joy with all of you and pump a cereal into the communities, into the world that uh, did not promote sexual behavior, particularly masturbation. Um, I hope you find this interesting today. I found it very interesting. One of the ways, again, that we research for the show is we just kind of see what are people searching for. And this one kind of caught me off guard. So I said, you know what? I wonder if you knew this. So did you know that? If not, continue to listen to things you should know. These are the sorts of things that we bring to you every week. Uh, We're usually pretty short and sweet and to the point. And like I said in the opening, you get smarter just by listening. This is Kelly. I'm your host. If you've not done so already, please make sure you like and subscribe. And if you want to be really, really special, give us a review and even share the link to this podcast with your friend or your associate. Thanks so much and continue to check us out. We load a show every other day. Have a good one. That's all for today's episode of Rethink. We hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of new ideas and perspectives and found valuable insights and strategies that you can apply to your life. Remember, you are the source of your own success and fulfillment. And by embracing new ways of thinking, you can unlock your true potential and yes, create the life that you truly desire. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to support the podcast by sharing it with your friends, your family members, your loved ones and associates, and even your followers on social media. Also, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Lastly, don't forget to check out our show notes for free downloads. 
and empowering ebooks that can help you on your journey of personal growth and empowerment. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We look forward to exploring more ideas and insights with you in the next episode of Rethink.